Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I am Shemaine Laney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker, and I'm very happy to have you with me for another episode of my podcast, your podcast, the podcast that I hope is helping everyone. I hope you're really well on this beautiful July day. And as always, I hope you find the information in this podcast really helpful. Before I go on, I must emphasize that the information in these podcast episodes should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. Okay, in this week's episode, we're re-looking at Candida. Um, A while back, I did a podcast episode titled Candida 101, and it was quite a while back, maybe two years or more. I've done a lot of posts on this. I have a highlight that I've started on Instagram on Candida. I'm just trying to put as much information everywhere so people have answers, but... um, We're going to take a re-look at everything in this episode, and I do hope you find it helpful. So most people at one stage or another have experienced a yeast or a candida overgrowth, man or woman. Most people have, Um, and we all do have candida inside of us. It's when it gets out of control, that's where the problem is. So candida overgrowth is one of the common conditions that I will see when I speak to people. Um, I definitely recognize certain symptoms in people and when we make these changes we see improvements but candida overgrowth just like I think SIBO or small intestinal bacteria overgrowth it's just becoming more and more common we're seeing more of it and there's many reasons I believe Um, That is from our environment and toxic exposure and the types of food people are eating. Um, But it can be overcome. It can be undone. It can be helped. So candida is a fungus, which is a form of yeast that lives in your mouth and your intestines in small amounts. So it's those small amounts that we all have. And its job is to aid with digestion and nutrient absorption and just kind of keep homeostasis and that nice balance of the microbiome going and it is part of our normal microbiome or some will call it the microflora which are the microorganisms that live on us and in us in an ideal situation your good bacteria your bad bacteria candida and other types of yeasts and viruses and pathogens they make up your gut microbiome but they're generally balanced everything is in homeostasis everybody's getting along nothing's going wrong Um, but when one 
gets out of control or out of balance, then everything goes haywire. And when this balance is tipped between candida and other microorganisms, the candida overgrowth occurs. And this is what your doctor may refer to as candidiasis or yeast overgrowth. And it is very common. Um, and some of the symptoms, we're going to look at them now, and some of them might surprise you. So firstly, what causes candida overgrowth? Well, some of the most common causes of candida overgrowth um, is a high carb or high sugar diet because these yeasts, they love sugar. So anything that's high carb or high sugar, they're going to have a heyday on. Then excessive alcohol consumption because it'll increase histamine, it'll weaken your immune system. A lot of the alcohol people consume as well is also high in sugar. Um, medications, which can destroy your microbiome and then leave a gateway or an opening for these opportunist pathogens to step in and take over. So medications and lots of medications between your antibiotics and your antacids, if you start messing with your stomach pH, you're going to make yourself more susceptible to these pathogens getting out of control. Um, chronic stress. So stress will impair your immune system and it'll shut down your digestive system. So stress, that can be anything from emotional to extreme physical stress or even just what you perceive as stressful and then autoimmune diseases but that can be twofold because candida can cause autoimmune and autoimmune can then cause um, an immune suppressant to happen in your body so then you can't fight the candida but generally those are the most common trauma could be thrown in there as well and then um maybe you would pick up candida from your partner or potentially from, um, I don't want to say the hot tub or the swimming pool because usually they're just triggers. The candida is already a problem there. Okay. Generally though, your healthy or your good bacteria in your gut, they keep candida at bay. But when the yeast population do get out of control from like antibiotics, then you're going to kill those bacteria and that leaves that gateway for the candida to take over. And let's be honest, most people, if they are taking antibiotics or they're sick, most people in my, from my perspective, from what I see with working with people all these years is most people when they're sick or they're on antibiotics, they're not prioritizing nutrition. They're generally consuming higher sugar or refined carbohydrates or anything that's going to make them feel better. And then I mentioned alcohol. Um, even oral contraceptives can induce candidiasis or tilt things in favor of these bad yeasts. And in some cases, not all, because this is twofold, Fermented foods like kombucha, sauerkraut, and pickles in some people can feed candida. But in my experience, most of the time adding these foods in with a good anti-candida protocol can actually play in your favor. So it really depends on the individual. So 
if your gut gets compromised and you have an imbalance of all these other lifestyle factors, then you're going to leave your, yourself susceptible to this overgrowth. So some of the symptoms are going to be, because yeast overgrowth, it's, it's not just what people think where they think of a baby with thrush in their mouth, or they'll think of a woman and she may have um, vaginal thrush. Yeast overgrowths are a full body problem. Candida symptoms can be experienced in many different forms pretty much everywhere in your body. So you have, you do have the thrush or the white coating on your tongue that I mentioned, or you may have the thrush or the white discharge in your genitalia. You'll also have, um, potentially, you won't, you may not have all of these symptoms. You may have one or two. You may have all of them if you're very unlucky. You may just have one symptom. But, so symptoms or biomarkers that we would look at, so objective biomarkers, would be um, skin and nail fung fungal infections like athlete's foot or ringworm or toenail fungus or even um, dermatitis or any sort of perioral dermatitis and even rosacea has been connected to candida overgrowth. Then feeling tired or just burnt out or having chronic aches and pains, what we would some people would describe as fibromyalgia. So that's that chronic inflammation, chronic feeling of just being tired, fatigue. So those are symptoms. So good infections like candida suppress the immune system and then they'll interfere with energy levels. It'll also interfere with lactic acid and cause an abundance of lactic acid to build up in the muscle tissues as well. So that further will um, jeopardize energy production and even the flushing out of that lactic acid. And then candida is often accompanied by nutrient deficiencies like B6 and magnesium and um, particularly most people know magnesium and B vitamin deficiencies have been connected directly to fatigue. Well, I would hope everyone would know that. Then other symptoms would be digestive issues like bloating, constipation, and diarrhea. It could go either way. And then you've got your autoimmune issues like um, hypothyroidism, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, ulcerative colitis, lupus, psoriasis, multiple sclerosis. So candida damages your gut lining, which allows for toxins and proteins and undigested food particles and everything else to escape the intestines and enter your bloodstream and from there your immune system creates this attack and this is where we get more antibodies created and we've got that autoimmune disease. Then we have the brain stuff, so difficulty concentrating, brain fog, mood swings, irritability, anxiety, um, depression, lack of focus, even ADD and ADHD have been connected to candida. If you think of it like this, 95% of our serotonin and epinephrine or adrenaline is produced in our gut. So people with a yeast overgrowth have a suppressed ability to make these important and feel good neurotransmitters. So it's no wonder people have anxiety and brain fog and mood swings and they just can't think straight. 
Um, and then we have um, severe seasonal allergies or itches or even just hives and rashes, unexplainable stuff that you're like, I, I've tried everything here and I just can't get rid of this rash or there's this small patch of itch under my arm or I am constantly sneezing and I have watery eyes and runny nose. These can all be connected to candida. So allergy symptoms are caused by your immune system responding to something in the environment like most people would be to pollen. Um, however, the reason your responses to these environmental allergens are heightened is often because your immune system is already on high alert due to having infections or candida overgrowth or even you can have candida and bacteria overgrowth in the sinuses that can make what you perceive as seasonal allergies to be 10 times worse and potentially they're not seasonal allergies you have something else going on and then lastly um you have generally people with candida overgrowth they have strong sugar and junk food and processed food cravings because I say this all the time, but people forget about this. And I've done loads of talks and podcasts and videos and posts and everything on cravings and emotional eating. And yes, there is the stress and tiredness factor, but we also do have the microbiome plays a part in our cravings. Now, because yeast feeds on carbohydrates, like it loves them. Once you have a yeast overgrowth, those candida, they're going to cause you to want even more sugar because they want more sugar obviously they want to survive as much as we want to survive so this leads to a vicious cycle of cravings that's really hard to break um so i'm sure after t hearing all of this you think you have a candida overgrowth but i want to just reassure you that some of these symptoms can be because of something else. It doesn't necessarily mean you have candida. And we'll look at testing to be sure to be sure in a few minutes. Um, but there is a huge connection between candida and autoimmune, like I mentioned, the seasonal allergy, something to look out. There's a huge connection between candida and estrogen dominance. So estrogen dominance or having excess estrogen Research shows that exposing candida albicans, which is the form of candida we're looking at, to estrogen, it increases its virulence. A lot of women that I work with and talk to, most women, they have got estrogen dominance. Most women do. And we would look at their body weight, where they're holding body fat, their menstrual cycle. But most women do have some sort of estrogen imbalance. And even... Women taking birth control or traditional hormone replacement therapy, they tend to show high estrogen levels and can be more susceptible to yeast infections. And these yeast infections, by the way, can also present as urinary tract or bladder infections too. So both hormone replacement therapy and birth control users, they can or should just be aware that these high estrogen levels could be driving the constant infections they may be experiencing. So how do we test for candida? Apart from looking at like, there can be the obvious symptoms and you just know, 
But then there's these other symptoms, like I mentioned, that could be connected to something else, but it could be candida. How would you know? If you don't have the white tongue and you don't have the itch in your genitalia, you don't have the discharge, if you don't have all of that, but you have other symptoms, especially like the brain fog that you don't know where it's coming from. I mean, it could just be sleep. It could just be you're not eating correct, or it could be candida, but how would you know? So there's a couple of ways that we would test for candida. And no, the spit test is not accurate. I think I mentioned it in Candida 101, but the more the time goes on, we realize that's not accurate at all. So um, you can test through blood, urine, and poop or stool. The number one test is a stool test that uses DNA analysis, which is very sensitive at picking up yeast overgrowth. It also checks IgA, which is a marker from your immune system. So suppressed, even having... Um, Suppressed IgA with or without symptoms can tell if you have a candida overgrowth. Then you're looking at the organic acids test or the oats uh, urine test. And in that you're looking at, well, we're looking for D-arabinitol, which is a metabolite of yeast or candida. So high levels of that is going to tell us that you have high levels of candida. And then even on the blood test, um, low white blood cell count, so um, the WBC, when you look at your blood test, that can indicate that there is immune suppression and that could be from candida as well. So I mentioned the IgA, but you can, if you're looking at your levels, you can also look at IgM and potentially candida antibodies. It really depends on your practitioner. So these low levels of IgG, IgA, IgM, they could cause false negative response to the antibodies, but you would have to talk to your practitioner about it. Um, so then, like I mentioned, you complete blood count is usually a good indicator that something's going on with your immune system. Um, so there, it could be non-specific to candida, but a lot of the time it can be connected to candida because candida is so, um, on the rise, shall we say. But like I mentioned, there's stool testing. And I remember when I had a candida overgrowth, I didn't have any stool testing, but my doctor prescribed me with all this candida medication or antifungal medication. Anyway, months later, it turned out I didn't even have candida. If she had have done the proper testing, she would have realized it was something completely different, which another specialist end up diagnosing. And it's important to have the correct test done. Otherwise, you're just messing that's all you're doing you're taking stuff that could be doing more damage than good and it's not even addressing the problem or the root cause so stool testing and then the urine testing how everyone's question how do you treat candida so sometimes treating candida can happen really fast can happen in a week or two for some people who do have a resilient immune system and they bounce back well and maybe they just needed to tweak their nutrition and get some extra sleep and take one or two um, supplements or natural aids maybe apple cider vinegar and uh, 
uh, antibacterial or antifungal tea or something. Like for some people, it is that easy. For other people, it can take weeks. It can take months. It can take a long time, especially as I've noticed if there's adrenal issues as well, because the adrenal issues like adrenal dysfunction and fatigue, they're already going to compromise your immune system. So like you've got a double barrel shotgun happening there. And then, like I mentioned, the estrogen dominance, that can cause things to be prolonged even more. So with doing the anti-candida approach, you would also need to be addressing estrogen dominance and estrogen detoxification anyway. But um, part of doing this is not just stopping the growth or this overgrowth. You also have to um, support your good bacteria and even your good yeast, then you want to try your best to repair your gut lining, then you've got to support your immune system. So it sounds complicated, but to break it up a bit, first we're going to starve the candida by removing the foods that feed it from your diet. And this is the hardest part, I think, for most people, like taking supplements and stuff, that's easy. It's removing stuff that's the hardest part and it's most uncomfortable for people. And if I'm being real, most people don't like to get uncomfortable. But so we want to remove the foods that feed the candida, at least most of the food. And I'll get to that in a minute, at least most of the food. So most of the sugars I would just completely eliminate alcohol. Like you can't even go most there. That's just one thing because alcohol, it's just going to make things 10 times harder. So when you remove alcohol, that actually does make things a bit easier for you. So removing all, if not most of the sugar, and that includes other carbohydrates like fruit and starchy vegetables and grains and legumes as much as people hate to hear it even your sprouted grains unfortunately uh, and then also removing other toxic inflammatory foods a big one is greasy foods greasy foods or polyunsaturated fats or these trans fats and oils they destroy your immune system Within minutes, as one of my clients experienced this weekend, they will destroy you. They literally are toxic. They are poison. So you really have to be conscious of your nutrition. Uh, and then increasing in regards to that, you would increase like your good fats, fats that we know are antibacterial or antifungal or have other benefits. So coconut oil, garlic, garlic oil, um, cloves and clove oil, cinnamon, wild-caught salmon, these are great options. Just because you have to remove a lot of foods doesn't mean it's going to be hell on earth. Like with fruits, you still have options in regards to your bitter, tart, sour foods, your high polyphenolic fruits like um, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, pomegranate, even at this time of the year, if you can get some really dark cherries that are super bitter and tart, um, they're going to be in your favor. So it's not, it's not all hell on earth. There are options. And then next, while you're changing the nutrition, you're going to want to attack the candida by taking supplements that um, help break down the cell wall but also help kill off the 
yeast as you're doing everything else. Um, caprylic acid plus I've seen great results with that there's lots and lots of options um, I really like caprylic acid plus um, vitamin A has been shown to help the caprylic acid work better but you have to be careful with your dosage of vitamin A we also have wormwood could be an option um, milk thistle and dandelion tea to help with detoxification um, oil of oregano you have to be careful with that you can get extra strength garlic as well um, so you do have options berberine has some good research around killing off yeast and other pathogens so you do have options even if you didn't take any of that okay well we know my um, own immune system is having issues fighting off this yeast infection so how would I support my own immune system Vitamin D is going to be amazing there. Sleep, sunshine, fresh air, like really simple things. And then next, the last step would be repopulating your gut with the good bacteria. And this is where I like to, and I don't speak about probiotics much, but I've found people with candida issues and even mycoplasma issues like what I had benefit greatly from a traveler's probiotic that also includes Saccharomyces boulardii. Saccharomyces boulardii is a very good strong yeast. It's like one of our friendly yeasts and as we kill off the bad yeast by taking in these probiotics and this good yeast, we can start to fill in the gaps that the bad yeast leaves behind so it can't return we can kind of overpower it with some good yeast so um, there is method to the madness um, I do have a specific traveler's probiotic I like I think it's by new roots but really you're looking at a supplement containing 100 billion CFUs so colony forming units and that also contains Saccharomyces boulardii that's a good start and then also you can have um, your prebiotic and probiotic foods like I mentioned earlier a lot of people will benefit from having these fermented foods, the pickles, the sauerkraut, the kimchi, the apple cider vinegar. Some people won't, but most people in my experience do as we're doing all this other stuff as well. Um, and, and like I mentioned with the food, it doesn't have to be terrible. Most people I talk to love pickles. You get to have pickles. That's awesome. You could dip your pickles in some spicy mustard. That's awesome. Have some blueberries, have some dark chocolate. There's a lot you can do. But I did mention earlier that, um, what did I mention earlier? Yeah, that when we're looking at removing foods, it doesn't have to be potentially all sugar or all carbohydrates. So um, what we're seeing is that most people do know that Candida loves sugar and feeds off it. But if you're not smart about this kill off phase, you can make the Candida more resistant. Most full-on anti-candida diets or protocols, they do say to eliminate all sugar and fermentable sugars from your diet for two to four weeks at least. 
But there's other studies that are showing that if there's no sugar available, then the candidate will go for other complex carbohydrates. And if they can't go for them, then they'll go for amino acids. And if they can't get them, then they can even metabolize fats for energy. So if you go very extreme, you run the risk of making the bugs more resistant and aggressive. And if you want to see the article that I'm referencing here for that, it is um, in the journal Nature, or you can go to nature.com. And it's titled, Fatal Fungi Thrive on Fat. Uh, yeast wreaks havoc by changing its eating habits. And that's dated July 5th, 2001. And um, really what we're trying to do, when I mentioned you can still have some of these polyphenols, these rich fruits that do contain small amounts of sugar, but this small amount of sugar, it coaxes the yeast out to feed on these molecules. But these molecules also have antibacterial and anti um, fungal and antipathogenic properties as well. This is where the polyphenols comes in and they're bitter and astringent taste. So if we can coast, coax these yeast out with a little bit of sugar and then come in and kill them when they're not looking, that's going to potentially work out better. As you can see, it is a full protocol though. It's not, oh, just don't eat sugar and take some supplements. You have to be smart. It can be done, but like anything, like I always say, in order for anything and everything and this to work, you have to be consistent. It has to be consistent. It cannot be a half-ass attempt. You can't just attempt a few of these things for a few days or a week and then say, oh, it didn't make an improvement. No, you're looking at four weeks at least of this. It sounds like hell. It's not hell. There's always options. There's stuff you can do. Uh, what do you want? Do you want to feel better or do you want to feel horrible? Like there's, I know. I know I sound like a broken record, but there has to be consistency. So I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you found it really, really helpful. If you've any questions, as always, reach out to me through Facebook, Instagram, Rumble, even LinkedIn, or my website, shemainsmodelhealth.com. And I would be happy to answer questions or even cover any topics that you would like me to cover in the future. If you know anyone that would benefit from this information, please do share with them. Sharing is caring, and it's up to all of us to be responsible for our health. If you like this episode, if you like any of my episodes, please do subscribe to my podcast. And if you would like to buy me a coffee, you can also do that on buymeacoffee.com forward slash CMH. Thanks. And I hope you guys have a great day, and I look forward to speaking to you again really, really soon. Bye bye. Thank you.